is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Let us join Craig Earl and Mark's analyst at Oanda. So it looks as though the health of the nation is improving and quarantine plans are sort of softening a bit. We have to look at the economy, don't we? And it's the age-old question. When is it going to start to get underway? Are you optimistic that it will happen fairly quickly? Or do you think there'll be a long lead time before we get back to anything approaching normality? From what you can see now, and I know it's very difficult, but are you seeing any green shoots? I do think there is going to be a little bit of a bounce back, but I think it is also going to take a lot of time and there's going to be some industries which are going to take years to get back to anything resembling uh, the kind of pre-COVID days. Uh, and that's obviously going to really hold things back. Um, I think it's all, it's always going to be difficult because we don't only need to reopen the doors of business. We need to convince people that it's okay to go through those doors uh, and they're not going to be putting their lives at risk in doing so. There's obviously going to be a certain element of people are desperate to get back to normality, so they may be willing to take some risks, uh, maybe willing to go out and see friends, uh, maybe even go to bars and restaurants um, if they if under certain conditions. But I think people are going to be a lot more cautious, so that's naturally going to hold things back, and it's going to, uh, it, it is going to have an impact on the speed at which we do see any kind of recovery. Something called the Business Growth Fund, which invests in smaller companies, is saying that it's it's ready to extend loans to companies who themselves have taken out government loans. Um, th- this is pointing towards. A, a real sea anchor on everything now, isn't it? This mountain of debt that has very, very, very quickly built up. Yeah, absolutely. These debts enable people to uh, survive, enable companies to survive this coronavirus crisis. But it's going to have to be a multi-stage approach because they're now going to emerge from this crisis heavily indebted, um, which yes means they've survived but doesn't really help them through the next stages of progression it also doesn't drive demand at the next stage so they're going to be heavily indebted heavily indebted and uh, at the same time going through a, a severe slowdown in in demand for many of these businesses so there is going to be a case whereby there's going to be a, a huge build-up in bad loans for many of these banks, and you can either treat this like any normal crisis and let these businesses fail and be replaced by um, better ones or by ones that, have, that are more sustainable because a lot of these businesses were strong prior to the crisis, or you can come up with an, another alternative which continues to enable them to survive because they were thriving before uh, and stop this build-up of bad loans, stop this build-up of losses within the banks, which affects lending going forward, but also preserves jobs, preserves livelihoods, preserves otherwise good businesses. So this is going to be a very difficult uh, but also uh, important initiative that many of these are going to have to undertake because... If we want to make the most of these loans that happened initially, there needs to be a follow-up approach as well. I just want to reflect on the riots in the United States. This is the background to the markets and so on. I know the week's dominated with the US jobless figures. Are you worried at all at the state of the US economy right now? Because something is clearly... I mean. We know they have huge social problems there, as lots of countries do. But at the same time, this does look rather serious, doesn't it? It looks extremely serious, which is maybe surprising why it's had such a little impact on the markets or no impact whatsoever on the markets, as it were. 
It's very difficult, though, at this moment in time because we don't know how long these riots are going to last. We don't know what the economic impact is going to be. And maybe, uh, well, and, and more uh, worrying, we don't know what impact this is going to have on coronavirus numbers when you've got, obviously, large gatherings of protesters who are uh, who obviously can't and aren't uh, adhering to social distancing rules. Uh, then you wonder whether this could lead to a bit of a second spike in many of these cities uh, and maybe even further lockdowns and, obviously, then the economic uh, impact that that will then bring. Uh, so it is surprising that we aren't seeing more of an impact on the markets. We'll give it time, and I'm sure that will happen, perhaps people in the markets are anticipating that this will be uh, dealt with in the short term and therefore won't uh, and therefore won't have too great an impact but as you're seeing that these are these are protests which are spreading across America at this point this is a lot of anger understandably so and um, it's only a matter of time if it continues before it does start to have an impact because of everything that I've just laid out okay let's return to the UK and talk about retail first of all and um, Primark is saying that it won't be slashing prices um, and yet we have talked in the past in the very recent past about surely shops like that must have a huge inventory sitting in their storerooms yeah it's going to be really interesting i, I expect there's the, the, there is going to be mass sales uh, across the retail sector um uh, in the aftermath of many of these stores reopening it will be surprising if there's not because fashion changes so quickly that if you have all of this stock uh, and especially if you don't have a, a massive online presence and have been therefore continuing sales throughout this then it's hard to see what other options you really have. The only um, so it's going to it's going to be very it's going to be very interesting. Primark may be saying this at this moment in time, but Primark also is already a discount retailer, so their margins are already extremely tight. So maybe you can't really put them in the same bracket as many other retailers. But I think once other retailers start cutting their prices, then it will kind of spread like wildfire uh, across uh, across the entire sector as well. Because if you've got your competitors. Uh, offering major discounts on their clothing, then if you're not doing so, then you're very much just going to be left behind and that's just going to compound the problem. And finally, a suggestion, uh, and again, this will be dear to your heart, I'm sure, that maybe a shorter trading day in, in the city after all this because the market itself, the main market, I know people work outside these kind of things, from, as everybody knows, from 8 till 4.30, maybe a lunch break, maybe making the, the market day a little shorter. What, what's, what's the thinking behind that? Is it because people simply will say, do you know what, I'm not going to travel into the centre of whichever um, metropolis hosts their exchange, as it were. So I think the, the main logic behind it is to do with uh, getting more people working in the industry, particularly those who have previously found it difficult to get entry. Um, so if there is a, a high focus, for example, on uh, on on women, um, people who have uh, who have childcare uh, and have therefore been deterred from working in the city because of the early hour starts and the late hour finishes. So if you can shorten the trading day, then you can encourage more people uh, to get involved in, involved in the industry because it makes it effectively easier. Uh, to manage your life around that so i think that's going to be that's been the bulk of the thinking but there is all the benefits as well if you shorten the trading day then you improve liquidity throughout that trading day because you're effectively saying that you expect the same volume of trades to happen in a shorter period of time so that improves liquidity and therefore improves the functioning of the markets and i think it's just uh, a lot of this has also led people to question whether the trading day needs to be as long as it is and if you can get a lot of benefits from shortening it then why would you 
not want to give that a try? And why would you not want to encourage more people, particularly um, uh, particularly in, in areas where you do have um, lower numbers? Why would you not want to encourage more people to get involved uh, in the industry? And I think that's why many of these surveys now have shown that very few people actually don't support shortening the trading day in some form. Craig Ellen, thank you very much. This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers, 